win by stomp. Uh, <laughs> win by stomp. Stomp stoppage. Thank you for downloading and listening to the West Box Score. We take a look at sports on the west side of the country, inside and outside of the box score. And here to do that with me is my co-host, co-pilot, co-captain, the Coach Kavanaugh to my notorious Connor McGregor, Donald. Pause. What's up, Donald? Yo, what up, Alec? And getting psyched up to talk to our illustrious guest, which I'll bring on in just a moment. I just need to ask you to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at West Box Score and also subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast downloaded. So now the moment podcast fans around the world have been waiting for from the Fox Crate Podcast, the reigning, defending, undisputed, crate digging champion of the world, Sonny Ed Mano! It's time! <laughs> I hope you guys didn't mind my terrible, Ooh. terrible Bruce Buffer Ooh. impression there. Man, I was going to say that Donald was maybe the toes to your Usman foot. <laughs> so it's like every week I come up with something new for Donald because without Donald, there is no West Box score. So I got to give big props to Donald and big props here to Sonny Edmondo because he's coming on almost every week with us now. This is a three-man team here, which I appreciate, Sonny Edmondo. Thank you for taking the time to come out here. Oh, man. Happy that you guys keep wanting me back. Every time we're done with an episode, I'm always like, man, I went after Alex a little tough on that one. I wonder if they'll invite me back. (laughs) He's going to cry in the car, but I hope he brings you back next week. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I I got my three stars on my jersey now. On my podcast jersey, you know. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> this is your third show, third star. Well, well earned, well deserved, and you are the reigning and defending podcast champion, crate digging and podcast champion. I appreciate that, let, man. That was that such be- a such a hype hype intro, dude. Like, I need to. You make, you're making me want to step my own intro game up, dude. That was uh, we we got to, man. Look at last week we talked. We were all excited for UFC 251 and Fight Island. So I had to equal that hypeness that we were feeling in our intro. So let's get into it. Donald, why don't you tell us who the first fight was? So the first fight of the main card was the women flyweight division, which was Amanda Hibas versus Paige Van Zant. And the winner was Amanda Hibas by submission. What'd you think of that fight, Sonny? Man, I missed the submission, to be honest. Um, yeah. I think the mailman like came through. And like I went to oh, go no. grab, I went to go grab the package, and I came back, and it was like I seen, I seen her celebrating already, and I was like, "What the fuck did I miss?" Like, <laughs> um, I thought it was almost what I expected. I don't know why right. I followed your. You sent me picks right before the card started, and right. I think just in the interest of like going against every, like to make it interesting, I was like, "Let me pick opposite everything that Alex chose," and uh, and I let you talk me into that one when I saw that you had picked Vans on. <laughs> Well, no, that's the only one we agreed on, I right, think. Right. If that's the only one we agreed on. And again, we're, we were thinking more <laughs> aesthetically and what we've seen her do in the past. <laughs> right, and she right. she's kind of dangerously, she's good looking, obviously, but also has a skill set to back it up. Dangerously so kind of good us looking. Thinking, yeah, yeah, you're right. Dangerously good looking, <laughs> totally. So we kind of think, yeah, she's good. And then it's like the last 
fight of her contract and like, dude, she's going to go out a, on a high note so that way she could renegotiate with UFC. But it, it didn't work out that way. He was outclassed her, man. Totally. It just, just completely outclassed her. Um, I'm curious to, to, to see what this means for Van Zandt. I'm curious to see what, what's next for her. What fight would happen after? Bellator. <laughs> Bellator might be next. Or you know what would be good for her is one championship. Because they're trying to expand from Japan over to the United States, and they already have Sage Northcutt and uh, Mighty Mouse, and so I think that would would really help catapult them from getting into the United States market more more attention here in the U.S. market with an all American girl like Paige Van Sant fighting on the main card pay per views. People will buy it. People will buy it. Yeah, that's uh, true. So what was the next fight after that? So the w- next fight after that was a women's strawweight. Um, that was between Jessica Andrade and Rose Namahunas, which uh, Namahunas won by decision in the third round. Fight of the night. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fight of the night. It was crazy because when I saw the line on this one, it, it kind of made me realize, like, wow, Vegas really doesn't think that uh, regardless of what happened the last fight, it was kind of a bit of a fluke. Um, when I saw the line, I was like, oh, wow, like they really don't think she could do it two times in a row, which crazy to see how vegas was right on that barely though because i expected total domination from thug rose and for those last two rounds man the last round and a half it was like yo is she gonna get caught here because she was getting peppered mm-hmm. towards the end um you know understandably so because because andrage was was losing the fight at that point so you know coming coming towards her coming after her towards the later rounds was obviously what she had to do but Man, Thug Rose really impressed me. Just um, the fact that they they stood on their feet, they lasted all three like that, um, was impressive. Man, it was to me. To me, it was the fight of the night. I agree with you. The, the heart of these women, and I always prefer women's fights kind of to men's some of the time because they fight with so much heart and such reckless abandon. It's not the, for lack of skill. However, I will say though that this is one of the fights that. Was the reason why I think it was fight of the night, though, aside from like you said, the heart that that obviously they were displaying, they were being so technical in this fight, man. And that's something that you don't see as often, unfortunately, in the women's fights. I agree. Um, because it's still very much growing in terms of the, the field, the competition, the, the stature of the fighters. But this one was like, yo, they're they're being very technical. Um like very imp- i was very impressed and and pleased and i wanted just to see more i wanted i wanted i wanted i want to see a third you know i want to see i feel like andraj did enough to to warrant it you know obviously she won the first one so it makes sense that they have the third one because it's one one right now but um again my thinking was that thug rose was going to prove that it was a fluke and dominate throughout but that's not how it went you know, she kind of, like I said, it was it was almost like one and a half to one and a half in terms of rounds um, with a slight edge to Thug Rose. Uh, I guess you, I, I gave her rounds one and two, obviously. Um, but if you were going to take it away from Max, then if I knew that the judges were going to take it away from Max eventually, then it would have made sense for them to also take it away from Thug Rose at that point. You know, um, so it was, it was it was interesting to to compare well, those two fights. Before we get into obviously the the <laughs> controversy that we're going to get to in the co-main event later, um, yeah. whenever you 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 score a fight, it's tough to know exactly what judges are looking at 
we as fans are looking at it and just going straight up, straight up looking at the damage. And if you look at Thug Rose's face after that damage that she took in the third round, you think, well, of course, how did she win? Right. And it was just all the proper scoring that she did in the first two rounds to to give her such a huge edge and give her the two to two rounds to one. And this one, even though the face, the the eye test tells you a different story, we'll right. get into the minutia of the Comian event in just a moment. Donald, what was the fight? We we can agree there was no controversial decision in this one. No, Doug Rose no, won. No, no. It was close, yeah. but no. Yeah. Okay. What was the fight after that? This one, Donald. Next up is the bantamweight title bout, which was between Peter Yan and Jose Aldo, in which Peter Yan won by TKO in the. How many? Okay, go ahead, Sonny. Yeah, man, this was this was one that had controversy, but not for the reasons that I I think we would normally say was controversial. You know, there was no obviously there was no controversy as to who won this fight. Peter Yan, I th- I felt like the first round and a half, if if I maybe two rounds, they were filling each other out, and Jose was making him think a little bit, uh, change his strategies. But once Peter Yan did, man, that you saw it. It just became total domination and um the controversy was how long the referee let this thing go on for man i mean i totally understand the respect factor you know for the the legend that is jose aldo obviously he's one of the greatest of all time but he had pretty much given himself up a whole 50 seconds prior to it being called, you know, he was defending himself in, in the smart way that one should defend themselves. Um, but there was no way he was going to he, he he wasn't even planning on on getting out of that. He was just protecting himself. I think Jose is trying to get to a decision because it was in the fifth round, obviously, where it ended. But in that fourth round, he took a uh, it was, I believe, late in the third round or might have been early in the fourth round where he took a kick to the ribs and there was yeah. bruising right there and that, that, I that was it was earlier i think it was the second round that that happened was it that early or it might have even been the first round no it wasn't the, the first because the first I think was it happened a, at the i think it happened at the end of the first round where he was on the floor and then he kind of clutched it was like gut punch mm-hmm. no yeah exactly it was the end of the first round and it was like yo did he just break a rib you know we were trying to figure yeah. it out like what what's going mm-hmm. on um he switched his lead foot but so did P- mm-hmm. Peter Yan also switched his lead foot because he was getting with peppered the with the leg kicks. That's um, right. And uh, But then you would still see Jose throw those kicks and some punches without really wincing. So, you know, mm-hmm. I was led to believe, oh, maybe he just got the air knocked out of him. You know, maybe it wasn't mm-hmm. a broken rib. Um, right. But if my memory serves me correct correctly, I think it happened Earlier. at the end of the first wow. round. That was the first wow. round, yeah. And I remember yeah. that. And just the, the gutsiness for him to keep going another 20 minutes. This was all Peter Yan um, from, I feel like it was l- later in the second round on, right? Yeah. Peter Yan's uh, resume of fights haven't been the greatest. Aljamain Sterling has more impressive wins than Peter Yan so far. And Aljamain Sterling might be the next, next uh, yeah. contender. Yeah. That should that, be a battle. Just- that weight class is stacked, though, man. That, that class mm. is, man... And then I, I still think Cejudo comes back at some point. He, he's been chirping on Twitter. <laughs> I, I, he has been chirping. I, I think he comes back at some point. Um, 
So we'll see, man. We'll see. Bring on Captain Cringe. I love him. He's great. <laughs> he is a great, fun fighter to watch. Yeah. Absolutely. His hijinks on social media is cringy, but he is a fun fighter to watch in the octagon. And now, what's the next fight on the card, Donald? After that was the uh, co-main event, which was for f- the featherweight. And that was between Alexander Volkanovsky and Max Holloway, in which Alexander Volkanovsky won by decision in the after the five rounds. Split decision. Yes. And I attest the controversy here is that it was a split decision when it should have been a unanimous decision for Volkanovsky. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't even get it. Okay. So let's go okay. with uh, with the argument for the robbery. In, in the group text, I got it right away after this, this fight was over. Sonny and Arnold texts us robbery exclamation point that was the only time i had texted right (laughs) and it was like when that happened um here's here's the reason why i will go as far as saying it was a robbery because i know that sounds extreme um it is the fight was close Mm -hmm. um i will concede that however when you take into consideration that back in december when they had their first fight and Max was the champion, okay? Volkanovski was the challenger. That fight was also close, okay? I could see how judges favored it in slightly to Volkanovski, which, which I actually agreed with at the time mm-hmm. watching that fight. However, you could make the case, well, because Max was the champion, he obviously didn't get submitted, he, he, he didn't get knocked out, it was close enough. I could understand if at that point the judges had decided Max is still the champ in a split decision, right? But that's not how it went. It, it went even by, again, as I just said, it went the way I think it should have gone. They awarded the victory to Volkanovski back in December. Now, mind you, I know it's a different state, different commission, different judges. I get that. But now flash forward to what was fight night last weekend. And it almost went the same exact way the other way, where Max dominated for the first two rounds. And then the third round was hella close, hella close, but I, but I, I still gave Max the slight edge. And then I gave, round, I gave rounds four and five to Volkanovski. Now, under the same exact principle, I thought... Okay, well, if you were able to give it to Volkanovski last time and that fight was just as arguably just as close, then Max is the winner, you know? And mm. to my surprise, nope. They Not only was, was I surprised that they awarded the split decision to Volkanovski, when I saw the, the scorecards after the fact, it wasn't even round three that was the contentious round. It was round five that they were... that, Which was wild to me because I even went back to watch round three after, mm-hmm. after the fight card was over. Right. And there's no way any judge could have all three of, all three of them gave it to Volkanovsky round three. Mm-hmm. Right. That to me, you know, you, you let the show off when you said, um, sometimes we as fans, we, we are looking at it differently versus what the judge are, look, are looking at. Sometimes I question if the judge is even looking, you know, in situations <laughs> like this, because, because it was just indefensible. 
I mean, and I can't wait to hear, you know, I don't, first of all, I don't know if you're a Volkanovsky fanboy. No. Um, oh, yeah. Exactly. No, I love Max Holloway. <laughs> okay. Max Blessed, I love the yeah. Blessed era. And it was tough to see him lose the way he did in December, as you mentioned. It's like watching him, like, why isn't he doing anything? Why isn't he imposing his will? Right. Why is he, why is it? And it's one of those styles make fights. But his he did that he, this time. He so, did but, that this time. But, he didn't finish. Volkanovski finished stronger, obviously, because I think Volkanovski, his corner, they knew they were losing that fight. And so, of, of course, course, rounds four and five, he brought it. I feel like he only lost those first two rounds for the knockdowns. He was st- he was still making his adjustments mid mid round. And he even though Holloway was controlling the octagon, and obviously that goes into scoring, right? That's what they always exactly. tell us. Like octagon control, where it's judged on striking, grappling, takedowns, knockdowns, and, and octagon control. And mind you, he was controlling the, the, the octagon, but he wasn't landing as many. He was landing strikes, but a lot of them were missing. And why do we not give credit for, for strong defense? But he, he also defended takedowns. He, I mean, Volkanovski took him down, he popped right back up. You know, so so and and again to to the controlling. But do you not give a credit for the actual act of taking down? Of That's course, of course, you, of course you give, down. Yeah, of course you of course you keep you give credit for the takedown itself. Yes, mm-hmm. but but as you just said, Max was controlling the octagon. Volkanovski was going around Max. Max was mm-hmm. con- literally the logo, the UFC logo in the middle. That was Max's domain. The basically for the first three rounds. Right. Um, well, in the first two, yes. In, in the third, the third was a lot closer, razor thin close, but because there was no knockdown and and there was uh, no actual takedown in the third round, I saw a lot of combinations that missed from Holloway. A lot of combinations mi- didn't didn't connect. Right. They looked good, and you, uh, as you're a judge, you're looking at these like, oh, he's throwing all these flurries of combinations, but after he'd be done with the combinations, he got hit with a significant strike all the time. Significant strike, leg kick. Significant strike always in that entire third round, fourth and fifth. Fourth and fifth were actual takedowns. So you have to give Wokonowski third, fourth, and fifth. That's I it. I don't know about the third, man. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I went back and watched it. Please go back again and watch I it. I did too. I watched okay. it the second time too. And I, I and I tried to be as unbiased as possible. And like, what, what, are, what are they seeing? What are they seeing that I'm missing? And again, if we use the, the two fights earlier precedent of the thug rose fight then how can you sit here and tell me you know that this one was not controversial then because oh no i'm not saying it's not controversial well, no, no, because no, no, no. I mean, like there's that, no that finish it, whenever well, there's I mean not a finish there's always the, gonna be controversy well, well maybe sometimes you could tell when i mean there was no finish in the masvidal Uzman fight and we all knew who won that fight um, but that's complete so, another dominant that's what Usman does he just dominates yeah. but whenever there's like margin for error whenever they get to these judges we don't know how they're going to score it and when especially when it's that close i think we could all agree this uh, volkanovsky holloway fight was razor thin close really tough to score and depending on what the judges are actually seeing what what do we know what the outside of them actually posting up the scores on a jumbotron or allowing the fighters to see what the score is after every round they were always going to be left with this indecisiveness when they get to the judges yeah no, I, I get it. I mean, I, yeah, it was just frustrating. I mean, and, and and maybe I shouldn't quote him because I don't 
typically care for Dana White's opinion on, yeah. on no, those I, things. I, but, I, I know what but he, even he was was perplexed as to how the judges scored it the way they did. If maybe two of the three judges saw that Volkanovski won round three, and then two of the three saw that you know Max actually won round five, okay, fine. I, I can get how that's razor thin. But when you're telling me that round three was unanimously I, I i i don't know i i i went back like Zapruder film and i i like watched that that <laughs> like, round uh, the jfk assassination yeah, Zapruder, right there's so exactly. there's a judge in the grassy knoll there <laughs> yeah, it's like oh that's where the sniper hit him that's because um, in all honesty and i think the reason why dana white says this i think he's trying to sell us on volkanovsky holloway three immediately of course and, and it's got to happen and it's and it's fair but it's also odd that a champion has defended his title against a former champion and yet even though he's won he's got to defend it right again against I, the former champion I, I actually feel bad for him man because i think he's been put in a position where people may feel like he doesn't like he shouldn't even be the champ right now right so people are now rooting for him to drop the belt um, yeah. which which is which sucks you know because he's yeah, actually totally. a great fighter and i don't i don't think that should be the case um but this is what happens when you have you know judges that can dictate victories and um, it, yes exactly and i think the only way to do this volkanovsky holloway three is no rounds no judges fight to the finish there you go <laughs> Mortal make Com- it happen Mortal combat <laughs> no cage <laughs> they're gonna have it in a, in a parking lot somewhere outside the applebee's there you go <laughs> nice. no but two great fighters and it's just a shame that it has to end this controversy good fight super close fight and the whole robbery i i don't agree with it i feel the only fair thing would have been to do is a draw and nobody likes draws i would have so i would have taken it i would have taken a draw more draws. I, I wouldn't have said robbery if if it was a draw. I would have said makes sense. Yeah, I don't get it the whole three two Holloway that's trending on Twitter, Donald. I was watching. Uh, I was on Twitter right after three the fight. Max. It was like three two Holloway. Uh, three two Max was the, the trending topic number <laughs> that's one. That's why I, I said like, hashtag okay. not my champion. Dang. <laughs> that's funny. That's all funny. right. So what main event time? <laughs> Snooze. Main event. Unless you've been living under the rock then you should already know it was Usman versus Masvidal, which uh, Usman won by decision. Wasn't it Usman's right foot versus Masvidal's <laughs> left foot? Or was it left? Was it, was it, win by uh, stomp. Is what win by stomp. Stomp stoppage. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Alex, I'll let you take this one, man. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where... Coming off of the the controversy of the co-main event, we're like, okay, let's let's get excited. Main event time, game bread, Jorge Masvidal here against you know the Nigerian nightmare, Kumar Usman. We knew what we were gonna get, but we were hoping we wouldn't get this clinch battle against the cage for five rounds, twenty-five grueling minutes of just holding the guy, clinching, working. Which is, if you're a big MMA fan, you can appreciate, but you're still not excited by it. The fact that Usman was evoking Floyd Mayweather's name in the post-fight conference should tell you enough about how this fight went and what type of fighter Usman is and how frustrating it is to watch his fights. 
um, yeah, I feel like the Kobe one was a, an anomaly in, at this yeah. point. You know, um, I, I do think Styles make fights, but if he's ah oh, man, it's just it's just so frustrating. Like, yes, technically he's he's talented. You know, he's he's without he's hard question to, hard to break down. Obviously, um, but come on, man! Like there there is there is a performance element to this game just like in boxing if we're going to compare it to boxing mm-hmm. um that you want to you want to see you know mm-hmm. you want your champions it's like style points you know you yeah. want your champions to in, in soccer the 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 that's why we lean towards the the scoring midfielder or the forward that scores the actual goals you know as as the most exciting players and and why oftentimes they're referred to as the greatest of all times when you start thinking about conversations about you know the goats of the sport mm-hmm. with all due respect to defenders and goalkeepers you know it's just their position is not as exciting um that's not to say that they're they're not amongst the best they are but I think in every sport, we as fans tend to appreciate the performance aspect of it. Right. And and when you have a champ that's so physically gifted as Usman is, and he's fucking using his foot, like like it's it's so frustrating, man. Because you can yeah. tell Masvidal wanted to to fight. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, obviously not just because that's just his style. Um, he's a better fighter, although he's not a bad grappler. Um, right. He's improved mightily over over his career. Mm-hmm. But we all know what he wanted just based off of the pre-fight talk. And he wanted to beat up Usman, right. know, throw blows yeah. with him. And so when you see Usman's kind of say or kind of go away from that and just willing to willing to just wear him down in this very like boring it's just not attractive it's it's like sure you won you did technically dominate him but yeah. you're not making me a fan you know so do you, you know, think he cares as the champion knowing that he has the belt knowing that he gets champion bonuses just for having the belt that he doesn't care if he didn't win any fans and he's going to keep getting that money i don't think he cares yet i think he will though if people keep coming for him um i think when you're the champ hey what can what can you do right but i don't know man well this not, is where we go not back my to champ. Our, not my champ yeah, hashtag not my <laughs> champ this is where we go back to our good friend dana white and he has a way of making it uh making you pay even as a champ he just doesn't put your title fights on the pay-per-views because he knows right. that you're not going to sell the pay-per-views. He's just going to put you on the ESPN fight night, the ES- UFC on ESPN just to prove a point. Just to like, okay, you're the champ. Great. You're going to defend your belt, but it's not going to be on the pay-per-view. You're not going right. to get that pay-per-view money. So that's yeah, a real shame. We didn't get uh, the excitement of a main event, but we got to see uh, Masvidal try to do his thing. And in that first round, he, he, he got off some shots. He da- he dazed uh, Usman, and I think that's what immediately make him change his style. Like, nope, I am not going to play this game and get knocked out here. Yeah. I'm going to play my game. And for he- every fighter goes into the, into a, into the octagon thinking, I'm going to do my game plan until you get punched in the face, and then that <laughs> all goes out the window. But yeah. big ups for Usman to still get to his game plan. So Yeah, I, mean, yeah, so- no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just unattractive, you know. I agree. 
No, no more Usman pay-per-views in in, uh, in our future, unfortunately. So, um, and speaking of gay plans that don't go according to plan, we're going to go into the MLS is back tournament coming up right now after the break. Stick around. back on West Box Score. I'm Alex Gonzalez once again with Donald Paz and Sonny and Mano. So Donald, the MLS is back tournament officially got underway for Group F. It's been underway for a while, but the real teams that we care about are in Group F. They got underway this week. Give us those results. So at uh, the first game of the night, which was LAFC versus Houston Dynamo, Ended in a draw, uh, three to three. A very impressive comeback by LAFC, which I know we'll we'll discuss in a bit. And then um, the game after that was uh, LA Galaxy versus Portland Timbers, in which the Galaxy lost two to one. And the big news there is Chicharito finally got on the score sheet. And that's all for the West Box score this week. Talk to you guys <laughs> next week, and bye. <laughs> oh wait, the show's not done. Yeah. Okay, let's dissect. Let's dive in to what Sonny Hermano's been waiting for all week to get into, to sink his teeth into this delicious piece of MLS's back tournament media. Give it to us. You get it? You see what I did there? It's yes. Goat. I appreciate the goat. Yes, exactly. Uh, but Vela's not participating in this tournament, so we'll... Uh... <laughs> uh, where do you want me to start with, man? The Galaxy? I, I, no, no, I, no. Give us... Start off with the JV team, the, the 5 o'clock game, which was the LAFC versus Don't talk the about Houston, Houston like that, man. That's, <laughs> not, that's, not, that's not nice, man. Todd Ramos is really trying, dude. He's... Uh, no, in all seriousness, actually... Um, Hell of a game. Yes, great it, was, game. it was it was a great game, um, entertaining game, that's for sure. It's hard to judge these games, especially the first one being played after the the hiatus, you know, due to COVID uh, for both Houston and LAFC, not not even considering the personnel changes that were still being worked out because what only two games were played prior to them being shut down. So, um, for instance, Bradley Wright Phillips wasn't somebody who even in the first two games we had really incorporated yet like that. Um, mm-hmm. So this was, this was our first time seeing him. Obviously this was, this was LAFC with novella. You know, that's another thing to account for. Um, you're not playing in front of your home fans, Houston under tab Ramos. Again, this is his, his first season coaching that team. Right. And um and the young talent that they kind of displayed. And so there was like a, a, an interesting amount of variables. So I, that's why I really went in with, with no expectations um, other than just, just watching the game and seeing what was going to happen in real but time. But so many so. positives to come out from this game because they, in that first half, look lost. They didn't mm-hmm. know, who, they, even though they had possession, so much ball possession, which is their strength, mm-hmm. and they still had no way to how to create scoring chances. It looked like to me in that first 45 minutes. 
Yeah, it's the same recipe. You know, I say all those changes, and yet it was the same things that doomed them in the first half, and that was silly defensive mistakes, um, which has always been our Achilles heel, our our Achilles heel as, as an LAFC team since almost since inception. Um, mm-hmm. For whatever reason, obviously that the the personnel has always geared towards stacking up the offensive side of the ball you know, from, from the midfield play to get on. those style points. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, as fans, we appreciate it's, it's, it's the same way we were able to come back from down three, one to tie exactly. the game and, and nearly get all three points from it. You know, if that mm-hmm. game goes on for five more minutes, I think we walk away with three points. I agree. Um, but you know, all things considered again, it was a tale of two halves. You know, I was impressed mm-hmm. with Houston. Ellis is a beast. Um, I think Tab Ramos again. I, I, you know, now that we've seen him as LAFC fans, and you guys have yet to to face them, I hope you guys have a strategy. You know, because that's a dangerous team right there. The way they looked against uh, LAFC. Well, the Galaxy played at Houston in the very first game of the season, mind you. That was months ago now, and a lot of the personnel. Donald, was it the same personnel? Yeah, it was pretty much the same. Yeah, Houston Dynamo, I think I had said that when we had first talked about the MLS back tournament, um, back when we were trolling the name, um, that, you know, it was going to be a tough group and that Houston, regardless of, you know, whatever you may think, um, because they're not probably like recent champs or anything like that, they're always a team that disrupts it. You know, I think during Slotan's first year uh, with the Galaxy, it was the Houston game that I believe they just needed to draw to go to the playoffs and they lost so That's it was right. like houston kept them out and houston was already eliminated they didn't that's need right. to actually win the game there was no there was no but that's just the way that, that's just the way the dynamo roll though they, they know how to disrupt you so wasn't really surprised um when i saw the 3-1 um at the half i kind of already felt like i wasn't gonna count out lafc given that you know bob bradley's your coach and you know he's He's, he's kind of proven since the beginning that he can he can take you places. And I just kind of felt like, well, he's going to make some adjustments and then they're going to come back. And at most, I felt they were it at least was going to be a draw. Um, but like Sonny said, I think if that had gone a little longer, um, they probably would have taken the three points. But, you know, really impressive seeing them come back. I was like, wow, like, you know, there's definitely a team that clicks. Yeah, they definitely, like you said, Sonny, they did look at a little lost. I would say in, in the first 20 minutes, it was pretty obvious that they look like a little lost, like almost like you could tell that the that the strategies the tactics were built for Vela to be the guy that kind of puts it behind the net and um I think it was like they were trying to figure out who's going to be Vela for this, you know. Yeah, they, they, I think they were they were looking to see who was going to be their, not just their finisher, their their creator, you yeah. know, because Atuesta is, is the guy who kind of is credited with accompanying Vela in creativity. Yeah. Um, and yet so much of off the ball movement that Vela does creates a lot for this team. So yeah. I think for this squad, and again, don't underestimate the Bradley Wright Phillips uh, element to it because anytime you're playing with a new forward, and this is what we can get into, obviously, with the Galaxy struggles, um, it's a challenge because you have to learn how to provide service to your forwards and where they where they like to make their runs. And obviously with Vela, they kind of know, they, they don't need to worry about that because he'll find, that's how good of a player he is. He'll yeah. find right. the right run. You just got to make your runs and he'll find you. Um, or he'll create for himself. So because we didn't have that, you know, it was it was refreshing to finally see, you know, when you talk about Chicharito's debut goal, I'm I'm glad that Brian Rodriguez finally got off 
you know <laughs> yeah that's true on, because <laughs> that's true. You he, that kid has so much promise man and um and you can see it every time he's out there but i feel like i think he needed to play without vela almost mm-hmm. for from a confidence standpoint to to remind himself to be reminded that hey you're just as capable as rossi and vela you know and these other these other midfielder or attacking players he has the the talent and yeah. um so to see him kind of wake up you know and come around to that come around and and start to um take shape was was exciting yeah. as a fan especially on the first Ups. game of this tournament you know yeah, yeah. sometimes so some of this I, stuff happens until like the second or third because they're like kind of like getting used to the feeling of being part of this thing but the fact that he kind of pulled that off in the first game was pretty impressive you know yeah yeah it, it, it really was an adjustment it was like halftime it's like and that's the thing beauty about this tournament much like the world cup it's you really don't have two games to try to get adjusted it's no. it's and the first half didn't go well let's mm-hmm. make adjustments now yeah you know um and and i'm glad to see that that's exactly what they did yeah props to to bob bradley yeah um i, I think and at the risk of sounding arrogant as an lafc fan i think it just showcases though again what i what i've said all along about the style of play that this team possesses it vela or no vela the system and and the talent that we possess at most positions enables us to always have a chance to to not only tie these games or come from behind but but win these games yeah um and so I'm I'm okay, I'm excited, you know. Again, the defense is still suspect at times. Djokovic looked like he was growing into the game, which was nice. Um, but we'll see, man. The next the next game is gonna gonna be interesting. Well, the next one's the catalyst game, I think, for our LA Galaxy, Donald, because that hopefully adjustments can be made. It was mainly finishes. I think they had opportunity. In the first half, with you know drawing the penalty kick and Chicharito, <laughs> Chicharito missing his yeah. first penalty kick in MLS. Oh, sorry, sorry guys, I stepped away for a quick second. Did uh, what did you just say? What did I just miss? Chicharito <laughs> missed a penalty kick, <laughs> and Kled, uh, Sasha Kletchkin also missed a follow up there. So big ups to the, uh, the keeper. Portland Timbers keeper there. That was great. Yeah. Um, and then later on, I believe it was early in the second half that uh, Chicharito had a, the ball deflected off the Portland defender right to him near the penalty area, right near the penalty dot, and he whiffed over the crossbar like a clean Chicharito look, and he whiffs on it, just sails over the crossbar. So that would have been the second goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, had he actually finished, and he said as much once he did score, finally score around the 86 minute of the game to finally get on the board and that would have been his hat trick and that <laughs> should have happened it should have happened <laughs> but it didn't trick. oh my god i can't believe i'm hearing this what what do you what <laughs> what, what do you have to say trick? To this? are you kidding me that's that, uh that's not how soccer works man <laughs> i know i i, I understand i understand <laughs> but i think that's the one positive us galaxy fans can take from this just brutal game, defensive breakdowns for those first those own, those two Portland goals. I think, Don, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, um, those two Portland goals. Yeah, I mean, it, it yeah, it's definitely a defensive, just a lot of miscommunication and a lot of just I don't know standing around. I I don't know were they expecting them to like kind of just get the offside? It was really ridiculous the way those goals were made, um, because they were so close to the to the box that it, it just felt like you just let them go in like that. 
it was really disheartening to see that. What bothered me a lot offensively was just the constant crossing that was really bad crossing. Like it was either you know not directly towards the player or it was over the player and um it just felt weird and i just saw you know gbs was just kind of like already like over it it felt like by halftime no i don't think there was no adjustments made <laughs> i think right. he just kind of was like trying to dial it in at that point it felt like it i mean they pointed to him at the camera he just looked like he was just bothered that this was like the roster that he has yeah. And I think that um, it is it's kind of bad, but like I guess the good that I want to take away from it is I was really impressed with Dunbar, the 17-year-old kid that started. Um, he looks like he has flashes of somebody that has a lot of potential that's going to be really good. Yeah, he's a really good dribbler and all that. I get that because he's young, you know, obviously you're, you're going up against men, but um, he definitely looks like the kind of kid that's going to develop really well if he keeps starting because it's the confidence thing and he already, you know it was just really impressive seeing him start like that. So I thought that was great. Um, Bavon's playing was great. He hustled. He got fouled a lot, which goes to show you how much of a threat he was that, you know, you know, Timbers even got carded and we're down 10 men. And I mean, it was just on the, every time I talk about this, I always feel like there's just so many chances that the galaxy should have won this. And it just felt like they were just not wanting to win it. And I, I think that has to always come down to the coaching. Bill GBS feels like he's checked out around the 80th minute, right before yeah. the red card. Yeah. The, the team looks checked out. And no, I, yeah, mean, they I don't know what you do. The only optimistic thing you can hope for going into a Tráfico tomorrow, that that's the spark. Plug. That's the spark they need. Yeah. But as, as fans, it's just tough to, to rely on that because what could happen, obviously, what is strong possibly that will happen is LAFC will come out, play their game, and just have their way with the Galaxy. Yeah. So, yeah. And go that feels ahead. like a Sunny is chomping at the bit here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been biding my time, just waiting, listening, out of respect, because it's your team. You know, I wanted you guys to, to, to say your piece. Uh, I did watch that game as well. And I think I was accused. Of, I think I was accused of hate watching of in a certain text group. But uh, that's right. Let me assure you that that was not the case. I was definitely not hate watching. You and Alexi Lawless, uh, two hate watching uh, no. fans over here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I I saw that game, and there were some things that that stood out. Um, Steve Clark, uh, the Timbers goalkeeper, must have you know must have read Chicharito's. Herbalife post or something because he read it like a book. He knew exactly where Chicharito was kicking the whole way. He he went left. Chicharito didn't even put any power behind it. It was yeah. I I was not surprised. This this was a vintage Chicharito game, um, and in in this way, and 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 it's actually not necessarily a knock. It's not necessarily a compliment. It's that. When he is the centerpiece or a centerpiece of your forward line, you are going to get a lot of frustrating moments with Chicharito. Um, I say this as somebody who has rooted for teams that he has been a part of, um, mostly or namely El Tri. Um, now, mind you, obviously, the, the level of talent that he's surrounded by there is, is vastly different. And when I say vintage, it's because... The guy makes some runs that are just so smart. You know, um, for instance, the goal that he scored. I'll start with the positive. That was a vintage Chicharito goal in that 
he snuck behind the line. He, he read the play. He saw it coming. And he knew where to be to just poke a goal literally within six yards. 70, that's his range. That's where, he, right. that's where he's da- most dangerous. Um, I thought it was an intelligent run. It was nice to see him finally get, get that goal. Because uh, you could tell, you could tell it means a lot to him. He wants it bad, you know. Just from a pressure standpoint, you know, I can only right. imagine how it could be weighing on him, you know. Um, so you'll get that a lot in a, in a game that Chicharito's in, and then you'll get the miss penalty or the miss kick from the penalty spot sub- subsequently after. He, a lot of miss, frustrating misses where you're like, how did he? How did he miss that? Um, and it's just because he's he's not a creator. He's a poacher in a, in in the best sense of the of the word. Your forwards, you want them to be poachers if they can be. Um, right. It's it's a bonus if they can create for themselves as well. So so what's the negative? Well, the the negative is how the how they're using him. Um, mm. The formation that that Galaxy threw out in four four two with him and Pavon up top, it's just not. It's not going to work. It it inhibits Pavon, and Chicharito needs to be the lone guy again that that is free to kind of run in the box um, side to side. And and you can't expect Chicharito to defend because there's no that that's the other negative is he doesn't defend from yeah. the top. Yeah. Um, he, he does, he picks his spots, but too far and few in, in between. Yeah. Um, and, and I can only imagine as a Galaxy fan, like how frustrating that could be yeah. to see. Um, the adjustment that, that, that they did make, though, was that Bavon started slipping off to the left. And that's where more, that the Galaxy looked a little more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think there was a, a, an adjustment made. Yeah. I think it was too little too late. Yeah. Um, and I do, so that's that's all I have to say yeah. about Chicharito. Well, Pavon's you know, a, left, think, a left foot kicker, so he, yeah. he always tends to try to dribble the ball out, so he can just like, kick it with his left foot, which I feel yeah. like that you know it definitely means a lot. I think when he's playing on the left side, and yeah, I, I did I did notice that Chicharito with the defense, it's it's almost at times I felt like he was trying to run after somebody, but it almost felt like he's just doing it to make sure like people can see that he's trying yeah. but i could feel it, like it, it's different because you can tell when a player gets physical i mean the, the 17 year old kid got like stepped on and he got like you know really thrown around a lot and i felt like dang like he's he's really throwing himself in there man that's that's toughness to be able to get like hit and all that and i felt like i know Chitarito tries to avoid a lot of that at least that's what i saw and i think the other thing that didn't help the galaxy um was the fact that the first two games of the season before uh the shutdown um the the teams that that played uh, against the galaxy did they did kind of fall for like chicharito's presence and they kind of kept doing the double team which helped pavo now because he was basically luring defenders away and i think this time around they were like he's not really there he's not a threat so why are we there was no real double team there was no real like i could just tell like they really let him do whatever he wanted and just pick the spot to like kind of you know grab him he's the, he's the type of player that if i were coaching against you man mark him with one guy to just follow him when he's trying to make those sly runs in the box um or get behind the line that that's how you play chicharito there's no need to double team chicharito he pavon's the more dangerous player and obviously it was it 
you guys sorely miss Jonah. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody that can draw the defense a little, a little bit more in to account for his creativity. Yeah, you know, he's more of a creator to too than, than exactly. comparing them to Chicharito. That's true. Exactly. So, so that those were kind of some of the sticking points. Um, yes, your 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 defense. Speaking of JV, your defense played what I would call vintage MLS defense, and that's right. that JV high school level style of defense. That's it's amazing to me that that's still happening in 2020 um, for for a premier franchise like the Galaxy. Yeah, where just on that uh, was it that second goal, Donald, that you were talking about, where literally nobody stepped up. No, on the player, they all just watched the ball go in, including the keeper. Yeah, and it was mm-hmm. just like, dude, this is some AYSO shit right here. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, it's it's again as a fan of the league, not 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 just as an LAFC fan, it's disheartening to see that because it's like, come on, guys, like I don't, there's no excuse for that. Yeah. You know, um, no, it's true. I think that, uh, yeah, that and that's been an issue that's plagued the franchise for a couple years now. Since the slot, even like maybe a year before the slot down to move was, it's just like they never really invested in the defense whatsoever. And my thing is like, if you're, if you're not really gonna like invest in getting good defenders, then at least go with some young guys that can run around because. Yeah, like a lot of a lot of guys, Vulture and all them like Steres, they're they're they're. There, a lot of these guys are a former shell of themselves, and they're kind of just mm-hmm. there. The glaring difference, just in comparing those those games back to back, right? Because they have yeah. LAFC's first was that we both have defensive liabilities. The difference, I, I'd still say our defense is slightly a notch above Galaxy's, but the different, the biggest difference is that we have the offensive ability to make up for it. Whereas when you don't have arguably your best player or second best, if you want to say Pavon's your best player currently um, in Jonah, it's going to be real tough, man, for for the Galaxy to create chances. I mean, yeah, they were aimlessly throwing, uh, I mean, kicking crosses into into God knows where or into the box, trying to go into the box, but they're without purpose. And you just can't, you can't play like that when you, when you, Although Chicharito did almost have a golazo of a header on a, on a oh, cross, yeah, yeah. Um, right? It was it, that was also almost yeah. vintage Chicharito because yeah. he scored a couple like that before. But yeah, I think the service in the air is 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 a little too much, um, and hopefully Galaxy it gets too predictable too. Exactly. It felt like after a while they already knew that that's that's what they were doing. It's just give it to you know Rolf and he's gonna just shoot it up there, and then uh, hopefully someone's there to to put it in and never was and then the other thing that frustrated me too was just the passing in general just like the basic passing like i think there was a couple times where they really passed it to the guy and no one was there and almost felt like wait what's what's happening here you know and uh i don't know but i mean i'm just hopeful that they do get it together i, I hope they get it together in in the third game not the second <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not so to figure it, it out against houston <laughs> It sounds it, it sounds like this Saturday is going to be an interesting matchup to see what adjustments Galaxy can make as it stands now against LAFC. Donald, what do you think the Galaxy need to do to stand a chance against LAFC on Saturday? For sure, defensively, they have to be way more on it with against LAFC because, as you can see, the LAFC can be down and it doesn't really they're they, they're not counted out and that's a big part of it that don't die mentality is really really important um and that's something that uh, lafc has that galaxy don't i think once i saw the first goal it kind of felt they got a bit demoralized in the second one it was really like you could tell like the, this game was over 
and um i just feel like they definitely have to work better defensively just trying to stop plug the lanes as much as you can because you know rossi and uh, a lot of those guys they can really they can shoot the bombs even even from outside the box like they can you know oh, and they got accuracy awesome. which is crazy you know like like we were talking about earlier like that 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 one uh shot that chicharito took from the defender that pretty much laid it for him to just it's amazing to see that he he shot it outside like that i would have accepted it going in the box and the goalie blocking it because at least it was okay you were on target in the net but the fact you went off it just felt like i don't know but who knows maybe he was a bit nervous i don't know i mean i don't know i'm just again trying to be optimistic the crowd and then, got as far as uh galaxy goes with the roster i really liked how gordon wild looked um, granted that he had that goal that was called offside, I feel like that's that's someone that if I had to choose between Dunbar and him to come up in the forward position, because I know it would have to be one of the two. I know he came in for Sasha, who's a midfielder, but he's a forward. So it, I would probably put him and then maybe Dunbar as his backup and then um, have Gordon be up there with Babon and Chicharito. And hopefully maybe that is a difference in terms of the the striking side. So, so Sonny, beside uh, LAFC just lacing up their cleats, what do they have to do to beat the Galaxy on Saturday? <laughs> it, it can never be that easy in a, in a, in a Clásico or Trafico in this case because you just you just can't account for that. I mean, you, the, the moment you let your guard down in, in a game that matters to the other team uh, where you know they're going to give you their best shot no matter what their f- current form is, you, you have to bring it. You can't You can't just assume just by showing up it's over, you know, not, not in this kind of game. So I fully expect it to be a good game early. Um, I think what happens early is going to determine, you know, how out of hand it could potentially get or how close it, it will be. I, I'll put it to you this way. I'll be shocked if we fall down three, one again to, to the galaxy in this, this case, what's your prediction for the score? I think LAFC three galaxy one Donald. I say 1-1, one, one. draw. Alex? I got to say this Galaxy team has glimmers of doing stuff early, but then once they give up that goal, it goes out the window. And they, they just, no tienen ganas. <laughs> they just, it doesn't, it's not there for them. So if they give up a goal early, which I fully expect them to do, I don't see them coming back. I see a 4-2 LAFC win. I hope I'm wrong. I just see too much offense from LAFC and not enough offense from Galaxy and terrible defense from Galaxy. Damn, I, I was hope going to ask you if you wanted to bet too. Now, now knowing what you <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope I'm, like I said, I this is what we bet on the Masvidal Uzman fight. I, right. I, I see it one way, but my heart hopes for something different. Yeah. But my head always is, is I, I can't separate the head from the heart. And the head says, 4-2 LAFC, the heart says... Five nothing galaxy. <laughs> I um, I mean galaxy have to counterattack. That's that's really got to be what it's got to be for them for them to be successful in this in this game. Uh, we'll see though, man. I'm look I'm looking forward to it. We will see. We're all looking forward to it. That's gonna wrap it up for us this week. Sunny Amano, what's going on with you, man? Uh, man. So I just want to take a quick minute to promote an event that that we're throwing, and by we I mean uh, the Fox Great. It's going down tomorrow, actually. It's it's basically a virtual dig for all you vinyl fiends out there. Alex, I know you're joining, man. I know you've been itching to get in on the dig. You're um, gonna take all my money. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's gonna so it's gonna take place at uh, Sonido del Valle, which is a record shop located in Boyle Heights. Um, 
it's a virtual dig. It's, it's all happening via Zoom. We'll, we'll have a few crates that are going to be basically up for sale where you'll be able to purchase. Um, and with proceeds from the sales of the records and for the event, all going towards the Jazz Foundation of America, um, which you know we're excited about. We were trying to look for ways to give back to the communities that matter the most to us, and you know we thought we'd uh, we try to throw events like these. So, uh, so again, if you guys are, are, are vinyl collectors or wanna just wanna hangs, we're gonna have DJ Spinurita spinning some tunes prior to kicking things off. Come through, get your code. Uh, you can visit waxforchange.org. That's so exciting. And it's so admirable that you are doing something good for the community, giving back. That's really important always, but now more than ever, what's going on in the world. So Sunny Models, thank you for doing something like that. Oh, thank you, man. Thanks for letting me uh, plug it here. I appreciate it, guys. Always, always. Donald and I, Donald, you're going to be on that virtual dig with the digging champion (laughs) of the world, Sunny (laughs) Models? Yeah, I plan to, man. Uh, I think uh, some of my music's being featured on this video. That's right, right. Shout out to, uh, shout out to Donald. For uh, for hooking us up, donating uh, moment temporarily <laughs> um, <laughs> some some bangers for us to to use as a as accompaniment. Yeah, the, that is session. awesome. Yeah, that is good stuff. Be sure to check that out tomorrow at waxforchange.org. That's it for us this week. Next week we will recap El Tráfico and uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WestBoxScore. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts downloaded to your mobile device. So for Sunny Mano, Donald Paz, I'm Alex Gonzalez. See you next time. Peace. Later. Later.